0: Am I afraid of anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, today I'm afraid of things. I don't act like I'm very afraid a lot. You have to, I have to, I have to just be confident. And and that's really, I mean, that's hard to just, to like be confident and, and send emails and put out work and say you believe in the thing you're
1: doing. Welcome to She Does Podcasts. I'm Sarah Ginsberg. And I'm Elaine Sheldon. And today, we'd like to introduce you to Andrea Sisson. I've been considering saying Sisson,
0: but it sounds funny because it is. <laughs> 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 but people call me
1: that, like, Andrea Sisson?
0: Yeah, that's nice.
1: It's Andrea Sisson. And music in this episode is by Zara of Stag Hair. Join us next week for a conversation with her. I first met Andrea in Tacoma,
2: Washington. It was 2013, and we had been put on the 25 New Faces of Independent Film list by Filmmaker Magazine. Andrea was there with her husband, Pete Ose, who she also works with. The couple had just finished their feature-length documentary filmed in Iceland. It was called I Send You This Place. And I had actually seen it online before the event, but seeing it in a theater sort of blew me away. And I haven't seen a film capture Iceland the same way ever since.
1: Andrea was actually in Iceland on a Fulbright for academia and design. But this summer, they wrap production and are currently on the verge of completing their second feature, a sci-fi magical realism film called Everything Beautiful is Far Away. But outside of her
2: feature work, Andrea is known in the fashion and design world, where she creates photo spreads and short films for publications, and even dance films, like her short film that features CS choreographer, Ryan Heffington, on Nowness, and her collection of short films for Objects Without Meaning, a clothing brand that focuses on the wearer rather than the object.
1: We met with Andrea at her place in Los Angeles, and on that day, she had just released a music video for Blue Mountains by Sam Amadon. And Andrea has fun with dance and fashion films, but she's also explored personal experiences with mental illness. So you may be picking up what we're putting down.
2: Andrea doesn't do anything traditional, and journalists have put it in a variety of ways. They've called her a multidisciplinary or visual artist, a producer-director, a photographer, a set designer, and a fashion designer. She's done all these things. But Andrea, she keeps her title simple.
0: What would you call what you do? Me? Mm-hmm. Um, artist. With the camera, I am trying to channel the feeling of what it feels like to be in that space. So before I look at the camera, something will catch me in the world, right? And I'm just like, whoa. The way this light's hitting this hill, just whoa. And then I take the picture, and it usually doesn't look like that. It doesn't, and the way the camera is reading that does not look like the way my eye was reading it or the way my body was feeling it. And so then I spent a lot of time in post like bringing out like just this blue, like I have this memory of what that place felt like. And I bring out that blue to feel like what it felt like that day or the green to feel like what it felt like that day. When I look at a space, I, I do, I imagine often, like, what's it like to just, like, lay in, in that space? Or what what does a human feel like when they stand in this space? And that's the image I try to make. Like, I look at the most beautiful aspects. So I'm not going to make a film that shows New York City and then just shows this building and just shows this building and just shows a sidewalk. That's not what I look at. I look at that store. I look at that guy with those yellow pants on. I look at... Like, that tree, because sun was coming through it. Like, I look at the beautiful things around me. I just, I really love amazing places, spaces. I love, like, my body in new places.
1: Andrea has always liked to move around a lot, and then stay for a bit. She says that three months is the perfect amount of time to take in a place, contemplate it, and then take the inspiration gained from that place to the next place, and start making stuff based on what she just saw. She just returned from some time in Berlin, but she also travels around the states. I went to San Francisco because I,
0: I needed to be surrounded by new new colors and new things. It's like every week I need like something new to inspire me. Even new people that like wear a different kind of pant. Like, I don't know what it is, it just really excites me. It really, really excites me. Construction workers really excite me. <laughs> the things they wear really excite me when you are driving on on the highway. and like you get to see those things when you travel. People in different cities tend to start to dress alike. You're in this little area of San Francisco and everybody kind of wears similar things. And I like that. I just like to see what it is that people wear in that area. But it's also affected by like what color people paint their houses. What color are people's cars. I like those new things. I love traveling to other countries because it's so different. So here, a lot, I take in a lot of stuff on the internet right now, which is a great tool. I just like to know what things certain people are interested in. And I can't even tell you what kind of
1: things and people, like, I just like the world a lot. Andrea grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, with her three brothers and a dad and a mom. She was always surrounded by arts and crafts and making things with her hands probably because her dad is a luthier, someone who builds and repairs string instruments. What
2: are both your parents artists?
1: Uh, My mom is a mom, so yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and my mom, God, because she raised four kids. What was little Andrea like? Little Andrea? The same, I think. I've been thinking about that a lot because I've been talking to 20-year-olds and like 15-year-olds a lot lately (laughs) and realizing they seem almost the same age as 30-year-olds. And I, and I just, I thought I would change as I got older, but the more I get older, the more I realize I'm just, I'm like, I'm probably the same as I was as a kid. I was actually talking about that yesterday with Pete. I'm like, you're still making like weird stories and like writing comic books, and I'm still like making art and like wonder less stuff. Like that's the same stuff I was doing in high school. Cause when I was little, it's like, I don't know, what do we do? We like danced and I danced and I still dance and play with barbies and played outside a lot with my brothers
1: how did you think you would change
0: wear less pajamas i'm <laughs> like i don't know i thought i guess we have this image of what an adult is like a mortgage in a car i guess it's just that i didn't ever want i don't want those things and as I I get older and I don't want those kind of adult things that other people grow into wanting a house, kids. I think what it is that I'm doing in life is learning how to hold on to what it is to be just like a kid or a you know and and I I'm like reflecting on that I'm 28 and I'm going to be 30 soon. And so now I'm like, I want to like talk to 15 year olds. I want to, and I, I feel, I'm finding that I'm relating with things they're doing. So like our generation made, like they, we made YouTube, we made Instagram, we made Facebook. And these kids aren't making those platforms. They're using the platforms to create cool stuff, to put out cool stuff, to like SoundCloud. They're using SoundCloud, like Sound Diaries and putting out really high quality music. And it's really inspiring me. It's inspiring me more than what like 30 year olds are doing right now. It's also inspiring me because it's letting me look back on what making was like when I wasn't trying to do it for a job, when I wasn't trying to sell work, when you were just outputting things and just seeing these like 15 to 20 year olds put out work that's just with no commerce attached at all is really awesome.
2: How Are you uh, like actually talking to these kids? Yeah. <laughs> Like in yeah. what ways? Yeah, how do you find
1: or how message do you, them? Message them and stuff. Are you approaching them in person too? <laughs> I Facetime
0: one. I was like, I want to talk about twenty-year-olds to this kid, and he's like, Oh, here's my number. Facetime you later. And I'm like, oh, Facetime you? Whoa. It's real. Yeah. Like they don't call each other. They Facetime.
1: Andrea's fascination with this age group all started with a project on relationships between twenty-year-olds for MTV World. She knew some people that knew some twenty-year-olds and they helped her get connected. I've
0: also just been following my impulse to write someone. So like I found this guy that writes amazing music on SoundCloud. I thought he must be like 20, 21. And so I messaged him and started talking to him and he's like, I'm still in high school, but his work is incredible. I'm just excited about how these kids are using the internet to kind of put themselves out earlier or or in a different way than I did when I was that age.
2: When Andrea was that age, she was all about making art. She'd leave other classes and just go to the art
1: studio. And it was in high school that she became curious about Iceland. She was seeing the art and music that came out of the country, and she liked it. It was different. And she decided that someday she would go there. Andrea went on to study fashion at the University of Cincinnati College of Design,
2: Architecture, Art, and Planning. She did a bunch of three-month internships all over while in school, like in New York and Italy, and they were fine. But finally, in her last year of school, she landed the best one yet, designing for conceptual fashion designer Shruli Rett in
1: Iceland. She fell in love with the country, its colors, its landscapes, its people. And after three months, she returned to Cincinnati to finish up school. But she knew it wouldn't be long before she went back to Iceland. Then she met someone.
0: We knew each other four years before we like, met. We met twice, we say. Pete O'S
2: was a music video director, also based in Cincinnati. The first time Andrea met Pete, they were both dating other people. Then they met up again. And this time they were both single.
0: We're like, hey, you're doing stuff. Like you're not just like doing the like Ohio thing. Like you're doing stuff. We should just meet and have coffee because we might want to know each other in
1: the future. <laughs> might want to know each other. They met up for coffee and they talked and talked and talked. Their connection was undeniable, and Andrea found herself wondering, hmm, if I wanted to marry P right now, would I? And, and he said he asked the same question as he, in his head.
0: But, like, we were a little shy to say it, obviously, because the first time we had coffee. <laughs> so, we, but we were up until 3 a.m. that night, the next night, for six weeks like that. It's just, like, we could not. We were just, something was going on. My eyes got bloodshot from Either tiredness or dopamine or both. Like, it was nuts. We would just stand and stare at each other for three hours straight and telepathically talk. <laughs> we would just, like, look at each other and be like, yeah, yeah. And just, I don't know what. He was so weird. Um, I was too. But six weeks later, I'm sitting on my couch and I was choking on everything I was trying to drink or eat. I was just so nervous that he was over. And I don't know why. I was just like, what's going on? Something's going on tonight. Like something is happening. And he's like, I know why you're nervous. I'm like, why? It's like, remember when you told me we were going to know each other until we were 60? Like, yes, I remember saying that to you. And he's like, well, it's because we're going to get married. And I'm like, we're going to get married? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, we are, aren't we? holy crap that's what's happening here we hadn't kissed yet no we hadn't kissed yet <laughs> we, we didn't want to like other relationships are so much about like passion and like kissing and like all that and i found this person that i just wanted to stay up all night and talk to and talk about everything with you know when you met friends on summer camp and it felt like best friend forever and then it ends and it's kind of weird it was like, this is like not going to end. Like You're my best friend, summer camp friend, forever.
2: <laughs> In 2010, upon graduating, Andrea created wearable instruments for her audio design thesis.
0: It's a lot about sound and a lot about instruments, the way you hold them, the way you play them, the way you relate to them. Really, like, it just lends itself to... Be worn and to be become a part of the human.
2: These pieces are absolutely amazing. And in this video, she describes her vision.
1: It's a drum cape.
2: In the most perfectly Andrea way.
0: And
1: oh, and it was her new love interest, Pete O's, that made this it, video. Aluminum. And it went,
0: boom, big sound. Which like and that's just why it's a cape. That's just why it's this big cape. With the drum. I was like, what is your musical aura? That's what clothing is. It's like I feel purple today. I think it's an expression of your personality or, or how you feel that day or how you want to feel. In my periphery, I see the colors I'm wearing, so they affect my mood. Oh my gosh, there's so many things with color. Color affects the way other people see you, the colors you wear,
1: and the way you frame your yourself and your body and your face. It was back in Iceland, while working for the designer, that Andrea became especially fascinated with the power and effects of color something you can still see in her work today. So color is brighter in Iceland because
0: the sun is lower on the horizon. So as it travels to Iceland and and reflects off things, it loses more white light. And when it hits objects, there's less white light that the objects don't get blown out like they do in California, per se. So color is a little more intense there. So in the winter, for some reason, there's just blue, blue all the time. You know, in the winter, like here, or in America, not in well, not in LA, it's barely blue. You get this like really nice blue sunsets um, and colors in the skies and stuff. And I noticed that, start, that would affect the way I felt very much. Maybe that's why I chose to live in California after making that serious film because it's like yellow all the time, which is happiness. It is more dreamlike than
2: anything I've ever dreamt. The serious film Andrea is referring to is called I Send You This Place, and it's a personal and poetic feature documentary looking at mental illness and family.
0: What do you think is wrong with you? I was told once that I have ADD. It's possibly not a problem.
1: What if you thought of it
0: as an ability?
2: After college, Andrea was awarded a 2010 Fulbright Scholarship to go and live and work in Iceland. So her and Pete lived there for a year and made this beautiful film.
0: When I first got to Iceland, I looked out the window and I was terrified because it looked like Mars.
1: The film, shot by Pete, observes Andrea physically explore the country, artfully explore the frame, and personally explore what mental illness really means. And this would. Thrust me into a realization. Now that time has passed since the film's completion, right. Andrea sees it as more of a letter to her brother, but also as a self-exploration of how she was dealing with her brother's mental illness, bipolar schizophrenia. Before I can understand the connections and relations to my brother and how it could help
0: him build a complete life, I can understand how it's helping me build a complete life.
1: What is it like being... Um, like directing yourself and then editing mm, and mm. whether fun moments or whether there kind of do you have to separate yourself a little bit and mm. look at yourself as someone else or are you completely with yourself the whole time um I liked being in it
0: because when I'm in stuff I kind of see it as like performance art or something and I just felt really naive at the time too I don't know in some way that like there's the thing I see out there. This is what we're filming. I'm gonna go into that space and start to like affect it and and be a, like the symbol of something. Like I I I would disconnect myself. I'd just say I'm a person here. This is what a person does in this space. I'm gonna get this jumpsuit on so I can just simulate a person um, and what this place feels like it's for everybody else that isn't here. That's that was really fun. It was really intuitive. Me and Pete were super intuitive. Like. I just like we say, we, I like, directed it from within. If I wanted Pete to pan, I would just move. And Pete's so good with camera movements that he would kind of follow or do something really interesting and beautiful. Editing it got really crazy. <laughs> For a while, I would say things and hear the movie. I also, at the end of the movie, I had to cut my hair. And I think the movie was part of the reason I had to cut my hair, because I kept watching the movie over and I had to disconnect myself from who I was at that time but you didn't just cut your hair you shaved your head yeah i did like my brother has shaved his head at times it's like okay i went down this road to explore mental illness and i felt the desire to shave my head which is what i don't if you notice i mean a lot of people that have mental breakdowns shave their head and pete and i say we did we pushed it we wanted to push because we felt very safe with each other. We felt very safe where we were. I mean, we felt supported by the people of Iceland. We felt supported by that country to kind of live on the outskirts and to live in this odd way, in this way that's not exactly socially acceptable. You hear people talk about mental illness as like maybe it's just a social disorder that like society doesn't accept it and that's why it's a mental disorder. And I like, that's why I like traveling too. You find that different people kind of exist in these different countries When I showed, when we showed our film in Iceland, this woman came up to me. She's like, I left Germany because there I'm called crazy, but here I'm just normal. And I'm like, you know, exactly. And when my aunt visited Iceland, we traveled around the whole country and we met people that just hike up mountains and save sheep all day long. And she looked at me with like tears in her eyes. Like she didn't know I was making a movie about Jake. And she thought about him. She's like, what if Jake had just grown up here and just save sheep all day on mountainsides. I think that would be really good for him. Like, I know.
1: But it was interesting that she thought about him there too. The film doesn't make any conclusions, but rather it brings up different ideas about mental illness, another way of considering it. This has angered some audience members, but also moved many to tears. I had a friend the other day that said he started watching it, and
0: he had to stop because he he felt too vulnerable. It was just, it was like getting into him too far and too deep and and he couldn't handle it emotionally. I mean, it just took a long time to get over that. So to get over like that raw, putting that out and being okay with what people had to say about it.
2: I think one of the, the first things I noticed about you when I first met you was this, like, wonder. Like, you mm-hmm. have this, like, wonderment about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, like, light in your eyes I don't think a lot of people have mm-hmm. as an adult. Um, yeah. Your energy is not childlike, but it's, like, it mm. does feel very youthful, and it comes through in your work. It feels very fresh, and it doesn't feel like it's been put through a thousand filters and thought to about, like... Mm from two adult eyes. Yeah. Like, I just get tired of being so serious.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm serious, too. You, but your work is yeah. serious,
2: but it's it's presented in a much more approachable way,
0: I think. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, how are you able to keep that wonderment?
0: Um, I think I had a brother that went crazy. And I don't want to go crazy. I know that, when I look at him, he's in so much pain, and I, I can look at a lot of people, and I hear the same kind of pains. They feel trapped in their life. They feel – they just – there's this weight, and, and I, I'm like, screw that. I don't – I'm not – I don't want that. I, I don't want that. Like, I've, I've seen this – I've seen this happen. I've learned or something. I, I really think that has influenced me to be on it like I would he got sick when I was 18 starting to go to college like thinking about like what really matters in life he tried to kill himself numerous times like you see how life can just be gone very quickly but mental health is a huge for me there's so many things that we think we are supposed to be or society tells us that we're supposed to be and I'm always just trying to not let those things cover me up. If I feel the weight of any of that kind of stuff on me, that I have to be a certain thing, I just try to to take it off. Because it it just doesn't feel real and truthful. And that's probably something that and Pete actually have in common about our work, is looking for truth and representing truth in some way. Just this very innocent inner truth. Like, we are all humans here on this earth None of us know what we're doing at all. Don't pretend like we do. We all like to laugh and smile and be happy and that's it. I was just really afraid not that I wasn't gonna be happy. And I'm and I'm like, I wanna be happy.
1: <laughs> but as you can imagine, not all folks working in the film industry have an attitude like Andrea's. Not everyone is compatible, so Andrea tries to work with people who are receptive to her style and her approach to things. And since Andrea and Pete have their own production studio, O Sisson, they are able to handpick their crew and maintain a bit more control. We like it to be very like fu-
0: fluid and and nice and uh, don't talk to someone like that. <laughs> and like I have to tell people when they're coming on as PAs, just because you're getting coffee doesn't mean you're a PA. Like. I hired you because I think you're an awesome person. I know you're a musician. I'm not identifying you as just this like small piece in the chain. Like you're here at the same level as all of us. We all have our different jobs, like I'm the boss, but like you're not littler. Um, because people in this town can get real down about like I'm just a grip. I'm just a PA. Like no, I just asked you to pick up that bucket cuz it needs to be done. Somebody has to do it. We're all here together. That's why we have 10 people and not not thirty people, like just because you pick up a bucket doesn't mean you're less. It's hard. I have to constantly talk about my ideology behind things. When I'm not the boss, there's tension. Like if I, yeah, I do like behind the scenes for some fashion thing, and I just try to keep cool. I just try to keep calm. Like they'll be like, Andrew, I, I, come here, I, I, come on, like, and I just walk really slow. I walk slow and chill. And they're like, Are you coming? And I'm like yeah I'm coming. After a day I get pretty run down though. (laughs) I do. I get upset.
2: Andrea and Pete are now finishing up their second feature film, Everything Beautiful is Far Away. The film, which was written by Pete and directed by both Andrea and Pete, has three characters, played by Julia Garner, Joseph Cross, and C.S. Lee, and it falls into the
0: magical realism genre. We're calling it pop art sci-fi. A man's traveling across a desert planet with his robot head girlfriend named Susan, looking for parts to rebuild her. Hello, Leonard. Hi, Susan. He runs into a young woman in the desert who's looking for a mythological lake. Hi, Susan. I'm Rola. Do you remember me? She convinces him to help her find it, and that the movie is their journey.
1: Stick it in the ground, crank the handle, open the spout. Just anywhere? I usually start where I'm standing.
2: As it is with many sophomore films, there's a bit more build-up around everything beautiful is far away, and therefore, a bit more of a struggle.
1: And went through a lot of evolutions, and we fell for a lot of carrots that were hanging. These carrots were strong suggestions to treat the production different than Andrea and Pete would typically run the show. They were encouraged to ask for more, rent more, hire more, all around spend more money in unnecessary areas. And keep in mind, Andrea and Pete are very hands-on. They normally do their own set design and building of props, and that is what makes their work very much Andrea and Pete. You know, people people build
0: up stuff about movies, and narrative movies. You're making a real movie now. You should have this, or this, or this. And we gave in to some of those things, um, and it didn't work out right. Well, Lerner,
1: Susan, I'm here to find since this original interview, we've caught up with Andrea, and we learned that as her and Pete have gotten further into the edit and closer to completion, they are falling back in love with the film again. And you seem to know a lot about the desert, so regardless of your position on this, I like you to join me. After all, the idea for the film comes from a place close to home, a place both Andrea and Pete would visit when they were kids on family vacations, Sleeping Bear Dunes in Michigan. And it's so fun thinking that the script was based on that because it's only three miles of dunes and then it
0: gets to this huge lake. The, you know and and then and that as like a little kid, that's how you think of like you think that that hike is so long and look like three miles of dunes to get to like I mean, the end. You have no reason to help. Me. And then we write a movie that. What do you care? The whole world is desert. You know, that's how it reason. feels when you're a kid.
1: I think some girl that doesn't know. A criniptus root from a dapple
2: root. Up until recently, Andrea and Pete have only been making work right together, but now they're exploring each of their own styles, personalities, and goals.
0: I don't know if you notice, we're like we're like directing a lot of our own stuff, or I'm directing a lot of my own stuff, and Pete's writing, and um, we like got together five years ago, made that documentary together. And then went right away and starting to make this other feature film. Now with most of that production out of the way, we both looked at each other like, I don't want to make anything with you anymore. And we sat one day and talked about our goals and they were so different. Our actual goals of the stuff we want to make and the reasons we want to make work and the places we want our work to be seen, they were so different. We're just like, oh,
2: Andrea says Pete wants to make comic books and work on television shows, while she herself wants quite the opposite. Her goals aren't as concise as Pete's, and she's still trying to pin it down. But she likes aspects of film, photo, and music, and knows that she wants to be involved in the fine
0: art and fashion worlds. We've been collaborating together, but we're not this, like, collaborative mind. And we're supporting each other a lot, but it's it's recognizing that this isn't a shared vision with anybody else. And it's my responsibility to make it this thing that it's going to be. And Pete doesn't know what it's going to be. I have to completely pull it out of of this, of myself. It's been almost five years, Elaine. (laughs) That's long. You just go through it. We're changing a lot. And it's hard. Like, you have to hold on without holding on at all. Like if you hold on to this other person, like screw that, like we just, you can't be afraid. I will not want to do things and deep down I know it's because I'm afraid I'm gonna change so much that I will grow apart from Pete. We were so afraid to say we wanted to not make work together. Like we don't wanna make work together. Okay, fine, doesn't mean we're gonna like break up. We just are gonna change. The way we are is going to change, and that's totally fine. What do you think sex for you guys, personally, professionally? Sex? No.
1: Next. <laughs> next. I thought
0: you said sex. I was like,
1: what about relationships? I'm like, we really. Some water. It's
0: a sex no. <laughs> Your water does. advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's interesting. Because I made a short film with these like gay guys.
2: <laughs> no. What's uh. next for you guys? <laughs> You said you mentioned like wanting to
0: move elsewhere and stuff. Oh yeah, (laughs) totally. I said sex, Uh, move. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, I know. I didn't think you'd ask that.
1: Now Andrea and Pete live in New York. They just moved this fall. Andrea is considering grad school or a photography residency. She wants deadlines again. I want a specific amount of time, one or two years, where I'm focusing just on
0: building work, and it doesn't have to really be for anything. I can just really flow, because I feel like I'm growing a lot right now and have lots of ideas, and I just need a time to, to do that.
1: Are you afraid of anything?
0: Am I afraid of anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, today I'm afraid of things. I've been thinking about it a lot. I don't act like I'm a very afraid a lot. Like I put on, I, you have to, I have to, I have to just be confident and that's really, I mean that's hard to just to like be confident and send emails and put out work and say you believe in the thing you're doing. Um, but uh, lately I've just been dive, diving in a little more into pro, like what am I afraid of? Why am I not sending that email? Like I am afraid of something. Like what is this nervous feeling? Feed the other day was like, the way you're talking to me sounds like this is is coming from a place of trauma. Like whatever you need right now is coming from a place of trauma. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell you what it's coming from. I'm gonna die one day. Like that's super traumatic. Like that is traumatic. I'm gonna die one day. So I'm probably afraid of that. I'm just afraid of like people hating me. (laughs) I listened to This American Life about internet hate. The internet has really opened up this place where you can just hate on people and you hate. And, like, This American Life was saying, like, we get all this hate mail. I was like, even This American Life gets hate stuff? Everyone who puts out anything, like, I don't like people that hate. I prob, you know, I'm afraid of that a little bit.
1: Afraid to put yourself out there?
0: I just don't, I don't want to, to... I don't want to create something that people are going, that's going to conjure up those like horrible emotions in people that make people hate things. But people hate it. I this place. You get people that hate it and you get people that love it and you have to get over that. That's a part of putting out work. But it's still scary every time you put something out.
1: When I think about who's listening, it's a lot of different people, different yeah. ages. But yeah. I think about like a, like a insecure me like Mm. because I like to find out different people's ways of doing things and it's like when you know one of the main reasons we started was you know when you're in a rut or like when you're feeling like down in the dumps it's like you want to listen to something that'll you know like breathe life back into you so I don't know with that in mind Mm. is there anything that yeah I was in a rut
0: today but I know like talking about your process talking about things that's what to do when you're in a rut oh poor Pete I mean I am just texting him books I do just I don't even know if he reads it all I tell him that I'm like I don't listen like don't read it all I don't care I just need to like talk to someone yeah when I need to I just have to I have to talk about this shit all of the complex things life is so weird I feel like you bring the best out in people. I do. Mm-hmm. Someone said they felt very, they felt safe, but on the movie, someone said I was like a toxic blanket because <gasps> I was so unhappy. I tried not to be. The movie was the most extreme, but I'm glad you think that. Sometimes, <laughs> I think that we should.
1: Thank you to Andrea Sisson for sharing her stories and beautiful mind with us. We really like
0: carrots in general. Like, I like carrots. The actual vegetable.
2: Visit our website, shedoespodcast.com, to find links to Andrea's work. You have to see her piece on Nowness with Ryan Heffington, as he physically defines the choreography of C.S. Chandelier. bars. Jesus. Hug. Clockwork.
0: Mascara. Zip you up. Lose your breath. Song.
1: This show is a product of Slate's Panoply Network, and this episode was produced by us, Sarah Ginsberg,
2: Andy Lane Sheldon, and sound designs by Billy Wereznik.
1: The music you heard in this episode is by Stag Hair. Join us next week for a conversation with Zara, who's based out of Utah.
2: Thank you to our long standing partner, Filmmaker Magazine, for running five takeaways from this episode, and our new friends over at Independent Music News, who are featuring our music makers. Check them
1: out too. Thank you for listening to She Does.